welcome. Enjoy your Friday, I hope. It is time for two coffees. A little Friday afternoon pick-me-up heading into the weekend, heading into blah, 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 Tropicana Field and the Tampa Bay Rays. Friday the 13th, of course, the first meeting in Tropicana Field against the Rays this year is Friday the 13th. Fucking, of course, it is uh, a scary week already for the Blue Jays. They have lost four in a row. Just two games have happened in this calendar week. Both of them lost to the Yankees. Both of them close games. One of them particularly excruciating on a walk-off home run. Three-run shot from Aaron Judge off of Jordan Romano, who had a bit of an extended break there between appearances and was down considerably in velocity and didn't seem to really trust his fastball. Uh, certainly got his secondary pitch. smash Ed deep into the night. And then a Barrios start in the afternoon with another five runs earned. Um, not the tightest we've seen this team play, not the most fluid. Uh, you felt a little bit when they put up five in that 6-5 loss on Tuesday that perhaps some of the offensive issues uh, had looked uh, close to resolving. I don't know about close to resolving, but um, you score five runs, you generally feel pretty good, especially with how this team had been scoring uh, recently. But, uh, you know, y- you remain steadfast. You remain. I remain pretty steadfast in my belief that the team's going to be fine. Um, and by fine, I mean I, I expect them to be a competitive team and and more than just a playoff team. Um, obviously, there are things to look at to be uh, not thrilled about. Um, Romano, for example, seems to be um, getting by, pitching well, getting the getting saves, but he hasn't exactly had a lot of one, two, three shutdowns. I think just two of his last ten. Uh, have have been facing the minimum as the closer generally has some traffic and with all the one run games, that is some sweats. I mean that listen that's the closer's role to have some sweats, but um, has had some traffic heavy outings and of course the home run from Judge, uh, a nice little capper to listen. I'll be honest, my dad said that to me. My dad came by last weekend and was visiting. We were talking with the team and he does this thing where he does where he'll make a really small innocuous comment. And then it'll come back to haunt immediately. And what he said to me was, I would just like to see Romano have a one, two, three outing uh, coming up. And immediately the next time he was on the mound, gave up a walk-off home run to Aaron Judge. Pretty poetic there. And then another five earned from Barrios. Um, yeah, I mean, not, not a ton of takeaway. The, the two losses on the way out against the... Clevelanders over the weekend, and then the the two losses in the mini series against the Yankees. It's not what you want. It's not the vibes you're looking for. Uh, but Tay Oscar is back, and there's reason to be feeling up. But I will say this, and 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 you know, last week on the show, on the big show with Jake, I sort of talked about. You know, I understand if you're frustrated with the team. I understand if you're disappointed with with the offense right now, but. Other than, like, get the guys to hit more clutchly, sort of there's not a lot of huge adjustments you need to make. The The bullpen has been pretty, pretty good. I, I Our friend Ricky Hart, Ricky, uh, pointed out they have the third worst ERA in the American League. But um, they've taken on a, huge, a pretty large load in their win probability added. Like, they haven't thrown away many games. So that, that ERA is sort of um, aside from the point. Um, they're still a top 10 bullpen in the majors in terms of win win probability added. So they're sort of um, still making the big outs and haven't given away a ton of games. The Romano won, and I think there have been two Jimmy games that have gotten away from them and maybe one 
the Simba Richards combo, but that's I mean, we're talking about five games and they're uh, what seventeen and fourteen, I believe they are. So you know they also have had some comebacks and, and have had sort of some games where the bullpen threw a lot of shutout innings. Seventeen, seventeen, fifteen. Pardon me. So. Um, I don't look at the bullpen as really the problem. You could always use an extra good bullpen arm. I think you'd always use, uh, especially right now, this team could probably use a second lefty to go with Meza to make sure we're Meza to need a little bit of time or we're Meza to um, take a bit of a step back or, you know, just you'd like another lefty. I think the Saucedo, Barucki, Andrew Vasquez uh, puzzle hasn't really put itself quite together yet in the way that they would want it. So that, that there's a piece, but... Otherwise, I mean, it's about clutch hitting, and I thought um, Chris Black on Twitter, down to Black, a guy who works on the broadcast, if you didn't know. Well, I don't want to blow him up, but he's a guy that works with the broadcast, I'll say that. Um, has some interesting numbers are sort of about the Jays in with runners in scoring position. They were a top three offense last year, an 8-11 OPS this year, a 5-61 OPS, um, the 30th best in baseball Um you, you, you know, I was sort of not adamant, but sort of feels very strongly that that's sort of going to turn around. The numbers will bear out that they are going to get better in those situations. I still do believe that, but as Chris is wont to do, um, a nice breakdown sort of of what may be behind uh, some of this stuff. And they're chasing a lot. And listen, I understand another thing that I say, you know, birds got to fly, fish got to swim. The Blue Jays got to be aggressive at the plate to ambush teams, but maybe a little bit of teams not figuring them out, but adjusting to how the Blue Jays played last year, which was a lot of early counts, a lot of uh, 0-0, a lot of 0-1, a lot of 1-0, really getting aggressive, um, swinging with less than two strikes and stuff out of the zone. And, you know, there are guys, you know, Tapia um, it comes to mind as a guy that sort of makes playing the ball on the play on the ground sort of his play and his play style and, and chasing isn't as important, but we also know guys like Guriel, um, when things are going poorly, chasing and, and hitting bad pitches is sort of what ends up getting him into those cold streaks. I thought he did a very good job outlining um, some of that stuff and, and looking at chase rate with less than two strikes. Um, it's the seventh highest in the league right now, 27%. Guriel, especially as sort of a... Uh, a, a cause of that 48% chase rate with less than two strikes. That was 37 last year. So it was still high, but as you can see, even for his own standards, um, is up more than 10%. And they also have three players with a batting average uh, below 100 with runners in scoring position, Kirk, Guriel, and Tapia. Uh, Kirk, one for 19. Tapia, two for 24. Uh, pardon me, Tapia, two, two for 23. And Guriel, two for 24. Um, they combined to go five for 66, and unfortunately, you know, with the Teoscar injury, that has been in the last little bit the four, five, six, the four, five, or the five, six, seven. That sort of is the 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 middle to back half of the order, and those guys, especially Kirk, sort of the the spot that they're hoping to have him in is a guy that can swat in some RBIs and 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 pick up where the top of this lineup is hopefully leading off. Um, of those outs, the, of the the five for sixty six, the Blue Jays at sixty one outs, twenty eight of those uh, are chases. So it's a little bit uh, of you know a little bit of them, sort of that has helped make them successful in the past, and maybe a little bit you think 
um, of the teams they're facing, adjusting to them, and, and not being uh, as you know a lot less get me over stuff, a lot more starting out at bat with an easy strike, um, a little more wary of the ambush stuff. Matt Chapman sort of also involved here. In, with some issues in this stuff, so yeah, the, the numbers are poor, and you know, poor, they're they're so poor that you expect them to come up, but um, there is obviously some stuff underneath the hood there, some some swing decisions, some um, you know, aggressiveness for aggressiveness' sake. Uh, I think you can point to and say, you know, that sort of is is the reason those underlying numbers are looking the way they are, and it's not that crazy to think, um, especially Guriel, we saw it last year when he was red hot, is sort of making just the smallest, just laying off uh, an extra one pitch in that bat for him can make a huge difference um, and get him feeling confident and get him feeling good and get him uh, fueling the middle of that lineup and, and really being a guy that handles that transition from the big four at the top. When If he makes it a big five, he becomes that, that five hitter um, or, you know, he moves down – and and I think in an idealized version of this lineup, when you had another great hitter, um, you know, if you were able to solidify that DH position or backup first base, you know, a Josh Bell, for example, who's not a great hitter, but sort of a another power threat that you can you can slide in there um, and move Guriel to a six seven guy, and then then you're really cooking with some crazy lineup depth. But all that to say is. That's a small enough adjustment. I mean, I'm not, you're never going to be looking at Tapia. Another part of this problem is you're looking at Tapia as a runner in scoring position guy, which is not uh, the rule for him, right? He is the runner in scoring position. He's the guy on second. He's the guy that is, you know, going first to third, scoring from second on singles. That's sort of his dedicated role. So um, another part of this offensive problem is him hitting sixth and seventh and, and, and third and first. Um, that's got a lot more to do than with his overall numbers, which, again, also remain low. But relying on him in the first place is part of the problem. It is Blue Jays' Rays coming up this weekend. Yet Kevin Gosman tonight. That is always a pleasure. You're going to get some Ross Stripling. And you're going to get Alec Manoa in Florida. you got to love that. Uh, Tampa Bay has been good. What else is new? Fucking Tampa Bay Rays. Who cares? 19-13. and 13. Uh, They are two games ahead of the Blue Jays. They have... Uh, same old story, the team that you're probably going to absolutely hate seeing. Uh, they just come off a series against the Angels, which they gave up a lot of runs. They gave up 11 runs on Monday and 12 runs on Tuesday. They did salvage a win in the series on Wednesday. But that is to say they haven't been playing especially great. They did take three of four from the Mariners the week before that and beat up on the Athletics earlier in that week with a sweep. So off, off a, a week where they did... I said they're not playing that well. And then I say, well, they did win six straight not too long ago before dropping the series to uh, to the Angels. So, yeah, they've won seven of their last ten. And that seven includes a streak of six straight wins and three straight losses with one win. Uh, those, those plucky Anaheim Angels. you got to love it. Three games at the drop, 7-10 today, 6-10 tomorrow. And 1.40 p.m. on Sunday. That is it for two coffees. Just a couple minutes. Haven't been a lot of games. So not a whole lot to take you through when it comes to what happened this week. But what else happened this week on the Less Than Jays Patreon, if you didn't see it? The $9 tier subs got the latest episode of Jays of Our Lives. We talked about a left-handed pitcher that you may know, you may love, you may have pined for at one time. He was a 
one point a 23-year-old starter who looked like he maybe was going to be a part of the rotation going forward, maybe a number three, maybe a number four guy, ended up becoming one of the great left-handed relievers in modern Blue Jays history. And his injury leaves a lot of what if. Uh, it's Brett Cecil, the spectacle, the specty lefty, the bespectacled left-hander. Uh, a great deep dive by Jake that's available on the Patreon, patreon.com slash less than Jays. You get Jays of our lives every week as well as extra extended episodes there was an extra 16 minute of meltdown as i did uh we did a little a little more parent corner this week i talked about um instagram we talked about uh music and uh some great mailbag questions as well on the show that is patreon.com slash less than jays and i will close out with a little bit a little a tiny little bit of parent corner if i have any other um expected or uh young parents in there i had a, my friend kevin uh, as well as a couple we know, uh, Melissa and Peter, recommended the Wonder Weeks to us, which is an app that sort of tracks your child's development and lets you know when developmental milestones are on the way. They call them little leaps, where the baby almost overnight will basically make this leap in development. And, and he is in the middle of his first leap. He is like a day, two days into it. And I got to say, it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my entire life. To he will, my son will go to sleep and wake up three hours later with skills that he did not have when he closed his eyes. It it is awesome. Just last night, uh, for the first time, he sort of was able. To, he was tracking me, walking around the room from a distance, and like very clearly had his eyes locked on me and was following me. Something he could not do prior to 6 p.m. that day. He he had a he slept and then woke up with the ability to do it. Uh, it's incredible and. He's doing well. He's doing healthy. He's getting a little baby arm fat on his elbows, a little elbow rolls and the little chubby thighs. He is bursting out of uh, the first class of clothing. We have some newborn diapers we're going to be able to donate to a local women's shelter because he has grown out of those. Yeah, he has his first clothes he's grown out of, his first pants he's grown out of. He's uh, he got this big fat head overnight. He's uh, he's doing great, and it's been incredible to watch. And uh, as I said, the, the first leap of development uh, one of the craziest moments of my entire life to sort of to watch him develop a skill overnight, literally over the course of an, of an evening. Uh, truly special. So it's good vibes. It's good vibes this week. We had some good checkups. He's officially four weeks old. As of today, he is nine pounds. Feels good. Uh, getting heavy, getting chunky, and happy. He's a happy little baby, and we're happy to have him. We love him so much. That is it for two coffees. I am so happy that you are able to join me for 15 minutes out of your Friday or your weekend or whenever. You just need to hear my voice. Uh, I appreciate it. We'll talk to you later on on Less Than Jays. Yeah.